there, everyone. Welcome to the Friends Who Like Stuff podcast. I'm John. And I'm James. Each week, we have a third chair on our show to just talk things over and come up with some really cool stuff. That's right. Who's our third chair today? Hey, what's your name? I'm Chris. Or old man, or whatever you want to call me. <laughs> so Chris may not be a founding member of the Friends Who Like Stuff, but he is one of my longest and dearest friends in the world. And we, we met 22 years ago as freshmen in college. Oh, Lord. I know, right? We roomed together for a year. We even watched really sappy movies together. Went to the theater and watched Josie and the Pussycats. It was wonderful. It was. Uh, it really was a good movie. <laughs> and uh, we also happened to do a board game podcast together. And what's our tagline, Chris? Wah, 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 wah. Oh, no, that's not it. It's a, the Lonely Shelf. We're, uh, we're not lonely, but some of our games are. Man, that was, that was painful. Every week, I'm glad for the clarification. Just to make sure that you're doing okay. Right. I almost, for, I almost <laughs> forgot our tagline. That was bad. <laughs> so, old man, how did you get that nickname again? Did Pete give it to you? I think because, well, because in college there were so many Chris's. Our group was just full of them. So we all started going by nicknames. Most of them were last names, but since I was the oldest of our group, they called me old man and it just stuck. <laughs> okay. Because I always thought it was just because you're old and busted. Well... There's a little bit of that too. But. You know what? I'm really glad to hear that story because I always thought that James just called you that because I always thought it was a little bit mean, but <laughs> seeing that it was like done a lot, like while y'all were in college and you obviously were not an old man. Yeah. There's people who still call me that, that I don't even know. Like I had somebody <laughs> like randomly like, old man. I'm like, Hey, don't know who you are, but I guess we went to college together. So <laughs> So, Chris, we know that you run uh, or co-run a very successful board game podcast. Very successful. But what have you been up to lately? Really, most of my time has been spent painting. I like to paint miniatures for our games and uh, been doing a lot of that lately. It's been fun. I kind of took a break for a while, so I've been getting back into that. Uh, they look really good. Yeah, I built a cardboard fort with my daughter, so that was fun. Oh, that's fun. And uh, really, just been hanging out, work, kids, painting. What uh, what board game miniatures have you been doing? On this last one, we got a game called Oathsworn, which is a really big campaign narrative game, and it's got a lot of fun miniatures. And the hard thing about that one is a lot of them are secret. So, like, we're opening a box oh. in our previous play session. The way we've got it set up is we open the box. And then I can paint it for next time we fight it. <laughs> yeah. So y'all are playing through it right now? Yeah, we've been... Well, we're only on chapter three, but... Yeah, we've only had three sessions of it. Steven actually joined us for our last one. Oh, cool. How many sessions are there? Or how many, uh, I guess, however many sessions it takes, but how many chapters are there? Oh, I can't remember. I think it's like 15 or somewhere around there. That's awesome. That's a huge campaign. Yeah, and it's a really well well written story because uh, it's kind of two parts. Because one, we're really enjoying. It. It's a story kind of choose your own adventure, and depending on what you choose, affects choices later down the road. And uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's really cool. Hadn't played one like it before. That's cool. You probably have more memories of James, obviously, 
But if we were to ask you, what is a core memory that involves one or both of us? What do you think it would be? Well, is this family friendly podcast or is this? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, man, there's so many with James. And I think really what adds up in my mind is our trips. We've we've taken quite a few trips together and every one of them has been memorable. <laughs> we've gone to yeah. WrestleMania. We've gone to uh, board game conventions. Wait, was that the WrestleMania on April 1st of 2017? <laughs> it was yeah. April 2nd. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, hey. that's okay. We we've already we've already put that in the past. Oh, that that was that was such a great time just because I I was on vacation with my wife and I happened to get tickets. She didn't want to go with me, and so it's like less than a week before it happens, and I've called James. I'm like, dude, if you can find a way up here, I have a ticket. And he, <laughs> he jumped on a plane and yeah. came. Well, and so the reason John is acting the way he is uh, saying we put it behind us and everything is because that was my wedding, man. That was my wedding. Oh, <laughs> we were we were going to his wedding. Amy went. So she she represented the Moss clan. That's right. And we drove. We both drove to Dallas and then I flew out of Dallas to no, go to I, Orlando. I've already. I, th- I think you even texted me before and you said, hey, I got this opportunity. And oh. yeah, no question. No big. Surprised you weren't like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not feeling got, well, man. I got the black lung pop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been easier, but you know, that was, that was before the COVID times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. We have one more question for well, you. Well, actually, I, I, have a, I have a core memory that I want to bring up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of alluded to it earlier. Our freshman year, the old man was goth. <gasps> and he wasn't, I think he, even our freshman year, he was he was a little bit less than he was in high school. He wasn't like wearing black dresses in college like he did in high school. I had but a he was, kilt. <laughs> he didn't have a kilt. But he didn't really do much of the makeup. No. No, you were, it, it, was, it, was, it was just black. It was leather. It was chains. The, the dude wore black all the time and he started dating this really sweet Catholic girl and spring break our freshman year. He uh, was staying with some family that lived just 30 minutes from my hometown because uh, neither one of us were really traveling for spring break, except I guess he traveled to his family's and we just met up, went to the mall, watched Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> and he was wearing blue jeans in a tan sweater and we passed by a couple of goth <laughs> kids in the mall and he just looks at him he's like oh <laughs> yeah i started I started growing out of my phase and it was kind of sad oh and now he's uh he's a redneck well, i wouldn't go that far <laughs> <laughs> all right oh man sorry to interrupt john go ahead no you're good all right one last question chris would you rather be able to fly at 10 miles per hour or run at 100 miles per hour? We're asking everybody the same question every week because we want to get consistent answers and see which one wins. I'd rather fly because you Why can go that? places you can't run to. I don't really want to go anywhere. I would like to just like <laughs> float around. You know what? That's kind of the consensus so far. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just I think I would like to just... Because I could go to more places, you know? And plus, you know, I can still get on a plane or drive my car somewhere and then fly up a mountain or something if I want. 
Because you know how I like to get on top of mountains. <laughs> I'm kind of an introvert. I'm kind of a homebody, so I, I, I don't get out a whole lot. <laughs> All right, James. Do you want to move on to our two truths and a lie? Oh, do I? <laughs> All right. So each week we will bring a game that we will play with our guests. That game will change every week. This week we did choose two truths and a lie. And we're going to let our guest, old man, go first. Oh, dear. Well, I, I, I fear I'm always too easy, I think, on these. I, I, I never know how to do these well. But uh, my first one was I come from German heritage. And then my second one is that I own over 500 board games. And my last one is that I placed fourth in the National Pandemic Tournament. Okay. All right. Well, man, you made it way too easy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was afraid I did. Well, this one, for me, it, for me, it's tough. There are two that I would not doubt. There, really, three, I wouldn't doubt any of them. It would not surprise me with 500 games. That seems like a lot, though. That I think I'm going to go with the 500 games for the lie. Because that that's a lot of games. What is it, Chris? What is the lie? Sadly, that is true. Uh, my lie was I oh, never played in a pandemic boy. tournament. <laughs> oh, dang it. I wouldn't yeah. have doubted any of those, though. Oh, I I so doubted it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I didn't realize because, yeah, James was like, he's antisocial. He wouldn't have been in a tournament. That's where knowing your friends came in handy. I thought I remembered that you were of German descent, but you have a kilt and so i thought maybe i was wrong about that and you were scottish but i knew that you had never played pandemic in a tournament mm -hmm. yeah i just wish i was scottish so between the two of us if you look at our bgg our board game geek profiles we have i don't know maybe it, it hits a thousand now because um, i'm in the 400s and I haven't updated mine in a while. Oh, yeah, I haven't either. But but some of those are expansions. and Anyway. And you've played all but like 70 of them? It's huge. Oh, no, that's just what we put on the list that we wanted to play for the podcast. Man, I cannot wrap my head around that number. I mean, I'm, I understand. So like I said, uh, quite a few of them on, on that for me are expansions and small games. And so... It, no, I understand. I, I have a different hobbies, and it can very easily accumulate. It was a good thing to have during the pandemic, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's one thing you got fourth in, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got fourth in a family of four. All right, I'll go now. Number one, in March 2011, this was my spring break at Texas Tech University, my dad and I decided to go to Thailand with my aunt and uncle to travel there and just hang out. Um, my aunt and uncle ended up adopting a daughter from there, a girl from there. And so me and my dad went over on the way there. We were stopping in Japan and about 30 minutes before we landed in Japan, the earthquake of 2011 hit oh, and dang. yeah. And a tsunami came in, didn't get in as far as where our airport was, but we landed about 30 minutes after and we're still feeling aftershocks. And this was the one that like had the Fukushima meltdown and everything like that. Wow. Took three days to get out of Japan and get back to Thailand. All right. So that's number one. Hope you can remember all these. Number two, I can lick my elbow. And then the last one, 
I met one of my best friends in the bathroom of a church in California and when we had a conversation and I needed to borrow some toilet paper. Please tell me that was Steven. All right. Which one is the lie? Well, I mean, you say you can lick your elbow and nobody can lick their elbow. That's gotta be the lie. (laughs) This isn't a video podcast, but if you can lick your elbow, we're going to figure out a way to show people. That's the lie. That's gotta be the lie. All right. So that's James answer. Yeah, I, I kind of want to go with that, but maybe I should be different so we can see if we can get, get it here. Um, I'll, I'll go with the elbow too. That is the truth. Ah, no. I can lick my elbow. Yes, I can lick my elbow. Show us. So my my second one was the Japan. So the Japan one um, was not true for me. My uh-huh. flight, me and my dad had different flights, and my flight went through South Korea, Seoul, South Korea. My dad got stuck for three days in Japan while I was in Thailand with my aunt and uncle. Wow. It's tricky. I know it. I I sprinkled some truth in there to make it tricky. And yes, James, the uh, the third one, the meeting one of my best friends, that was Stephen. We both had to take uh, a restroom break around the same time most days. <laughs> and the second day, I needed to borrow some toilet paper. All right, I'll show y'all this uh this elbow licking. I will say I can get the joint still. Because I am still somewhat flexible, but I used to be able to get the very, very tip. All right. I will take a screenshot of this and post it somewhere. Oh, that's that's crazy, man. I know it. In high school, I could like lick the other side of my elbow, but I'm a little bit older now. Not quite as flexible. (laughs) That's what we need to screenshot right there. (laughs) James is trying it for you listening (laughs) out. And it's pretty interesting. That ain't Uh, happening. I think it's a combination of a long neck and long tongue. Must be. <laughs> All right, James, you're the last one up. All right. I broke my leg while watching Jeopardy. On a trip to England, I learned the hard way that TVs and movies are wrong about the Royal Guards. You cannot get close and make fun of them. I once faked a seizure in high school as a prank on my teacher. Oh man, those all seem plausible. I know it. Those are those are all good ones, and I'm proud of none of them. Yeah. Okay. That that makes a little more sense. I was about to say the the teacher one sounds pretty mean. <laughs> you would say that as a teacher. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 That would that would not be fun for me as a teacher. I think I would have to guess the Royal Guard one. Man, that's a a pretty good guess. I've been to England, been to London, seen Buckingham Palace. I don't. I I wasn't one of the ones that got, tried to get close to the guards though to do anything. So, did you witness anybody trying to get close to the guards though? I I didn't. I oh. didn't. Saw the changing of the guards and all this stuff, but never saw anybody try to mess with them. I'm gonna go with the the seizure one to to mix it up. So. On our trip to England uh, a few years back, I witnessed somebody learning the hard way, but it was not me. And it's not like they got arrested or anything, but they got a pretty stern yelling. But uh, that was a lie. I did fake a seizure in high school. 
Uh, and uh, this was in the days before cell phones were everywhere. And so she, the whole mm-hmm. class was in on it. And when she sent somebody out to call, that person, of course, just went out the door and stood there. Oh, my, oh my gosh. And, oh my, uh, that's awful. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> she actually didn't believe me for a little bit until I started banging my head up against her desk. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. It was her birthday, which happened to fall on April 1st. That's a great date, by the way. April 1st is a great day. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Um, (laughs) I, I am incredibly ashamed about it now. Kids, if you're listening, I was stupid. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, It is dumb. And, yeah, and uh, coming from the other side as a teacher, don't do it. Don't do it. Especially well, nowadays, you'd get in so much trouble. Yeah, nowadays, everything is recorded and everything. Yeah, us 80s kids, we could get away with a lot. <laughs> that and it's just, it's just plain mean and wrong. But, uh, and I also, I did break my leg while watching Jeopardy. I loved Jeopardy as a kid. This was in the seventh grade. I uh, was having a particularly bad episode where I wasn't getting any of the questions. And then I finally got one of them right. I jumped up off the couch and then landed wrong. So (laughs) 20 years of knowing you. And I did not know this. That one was just way too ridiculous. It was the craziest ones are never the lies. That's what I should have put on there. Like that. I got my leg broke by a modesty rail. I don't even know what a modesty rail is. Do you mind clarifying for me? <laughs> well, yeah, y'all would know because you know y'all went to y'all were in church. There, the modesty rail yeah. is the big piece of wood that they used to put in front of the choir. Yeah, so ladies' dresses weren't showing. Oh, so they called it a modesty rail. So, <laughs> and uh, they had one propped up in a gym when I was in first grade. Gotcha, gotcha. Broke my femur. <laughs> I've only oh. broken two bones uh, in my life. One was my, my leg, and the other was my pinky. When I jumped off of a table onto a beanbag chair, and apparently my mom remembered this. I didn't remember this, but she said I yelled Superman before I did it. And I was like in the second grade. <laughs> oh, I- man. So that was that was fun. That was fun. It was nice getting to know you guys a little bit better. Yeah, and the reason we chose Two Truths and a Lie is because it is an icebreaker of a game. It's a common icebreaker activity, and this is our first episode, and we have to break the ice even though we know each other. Future James here, letting you in on how the sausage is made. Yes, this is episode two, but it was originally our first episode before John and I decided that we should record a different episode one with just the two of us introducing ourselves and the show. John has an idea. Imagine you are in traffic or a stoplight and the urge to go just like, just hits you, right? And you're in your car and you can't just, you know, pull off to the side of the road. You got to wait till you get home. Or do you? This pitch is for what I like to call a crap car. 
Basically, the seat that you're sitting on has a toilet underneath it, a place that you can dispose of your waste. The seat belt is basically a blanket, so it covers everything so you won't ever be, you know, revealed or imprisoned for indecent exposure. Basically, you are going to shift a gear or uh, pull a lever. It opens up a trap door underneath your seat. I know what you're thinking, and you're thinking, how do I wipe? Well, I've got that covered too. You know those flaps that, that go around in a car cleaner and clean the car off? There is one installed underneath the seat, so once you're ready, you push a button, it comes out and flaps between your cheeks to clean you out. <laughs> then you just close the, the seat, push the button, and it ejects what you just left, right? <laughs> It's even cleaner than going to the toilet at home because the toilet at home, you're still having to use toilet paper. This, there's none of that mess, right? It's it's basically foolproof. The crap car, what do you think? So does it just get ejected and hit the car behind you? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't eject backwards. It ejects just straight down, right? Hopefully uh, you've been eating a lot of veggies and it's biodegradable and then it's good for the earth at that point. <laughs> the vehicle behind you if even if it goes straight down it's in effect going backwards i mean kind of it's gonna get some spray well yeah you might get a little bit of spray there might be a little bit of fecal material on the the grill of the person behind you but it's not <laughs> like getting on the window well on the windshield or anything like that it's just I mean, it's going down it's good it depends it might bounce up Who's throwing corn at us, honey? <laughs> it's got the juice. I will say there is one flaw. Um, a lot of times when, if that hits you that seriously, you've probably eaten something, you know, pretty spicy or something that, that it really tears you up. But other than that, it's a great idea. Well, I was going to say, on, yeah, Elon. because if you get into that situation, it is kind of dire, you know? So like, if you're going down the road doing this, be afraid I'd like swerve off and you know that would be an embarrassing story man dies by pooping in car uh, when you get into the car do you just immediately drop trowel so you're ready for it or that you know what that's a that's a good question I hadn't thought about that I don't know if they sell special Tesla pants or something yeah like those old flappy underwears that's right. <laughs> Maybe magnetic so that whenever the, you know, the, the trap door goes back, it pulls on those magnets and pulls it up, right? We're, get, we're getting right. closer to the real deal now. There are some other issues that I would see if things hang down in the trap door. <gasps> oh, I don't know. Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna, we'll make some prototypes and see and, and get some tests going. All right, so here's my big issue. You're just throwing it away instead of using it as biofuel. Oh, oh, man. You, there's so many questions. We don't have time to answer them all today, but I mean, Toyota, Tesla, so, somebody's going to pick this up. Somebody's going to hear this and say, that is what we need. I promise. It's going to be a big thing. And in like a year or two years, we're going to be like, we should have we should have jumped on that when we had the chance. Right. <laughs> so you you know what else this kind of reminds me of? What's that? Do you remember um something like maybe ten ten years back now, Dave Matthews band, their tour bus 
while they were going over a bridge, the driver just ejected their entire uh, oh sewage tank. <laughs> and they got in, the, in kind of a, some trouble over that. Oh my gosh. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, because it like hit people fishing and stuff, didn't it? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, this is what you're going to get. Yeah, maybe we put some rules on this. Not every week am I going to come out with a with a million-dollar idea like that. But this one, oh, man, bring it, pulling out all the stops. Poop jokes. All right, James, you ready for uh, some lists? Always ready for a good list. Why are you always ready for a good list? Lists are cool. I had to make you say it. <laughs> I understand. The reason he's making me say this is on the podcast that Chris and I host together. Uh, after we talk about our board games, we always do a top five list that is somehow connected to one of the games that we played. And lists are just so much fun to make that it can't be contained in just one podcast. So every other episode, we are going to be doing a, a top five list I remember you uh, you texting. We have a group text going with with a lot of our friends, and I really really enjoy whenever you put out a list or a- ask for input for a list. It, whether it's for the Lonely Shelf or or here, I've just enjoyed it every time. So I'm really glad you you got we get to include it in this podcast too. Yes, sir. That's usually just because he can't think of anything, so he has to like ask other people and then <laughs> cheat and put those on his list. <laughs> Hey, I have noticed on the the Lonely Shelf you're using all my answers. <laughs> no, because my lists are good. Hey, come on. You used, not this week's episode, but last week's episode, you had like three of my answers. Was it from a list that I sent out on a text? Yeah, you you text. And it, it may have been after y'all recorded, though. Perhaps. Uh, which, which list was that? It was Magic Users. Oh, that was a fun one. It was definitely after we recorded. And I think I only used one of your answers. You used Merlin. Well, yeah, that may have been the only one. But for our first one for cartoon characters, I did steal some of yours. <laughs> <laughs> no. So what, what is this week's list, John? This week's list is uh, fictional characters that we would like to meet. And I want to emphasize the like to meet part. This isn't necessarily our favorite fictional characters ever, but it is ones that we really would be excited to meet uh, for one reason or another. Exactly. Yeah, there are some characters that I really, really like. Just... Don't know if I want to meet them. Chris, why don't you go first? Number five. All right. So mine, I kind of, I was kind of in a weird mood when I was making my list and I kind of went for who would be the most fun, I think, to hang out with at a, at some point. Mm-hmm. And my number five is Peter Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. All the shenanigans. Oh man! And hopefully, when I got to meet him, you know, I would be a cartoon form too, so we could, you know, do all these shenanigans. But uh, I just thought, man, that would be so much fun. One of my favorite clips of all time is when Peter Griffin uh, remembers he, when he farted for the first time. It was like it said, like the second grade or something, but he was like thirty years old already. <laughs> <laughs> just what was that? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, that's pretty good. That would be fun. That could be fun. It could uh, be chaotic, but that could be fun. I think it'd drive me nuts. 
All right, James, you or me for for the next one. I'll I'll go ahead and go. Like most people of a certain age, I am not a great big fan of the Star Wars prequels. They're certainly not terrible. At times, they're actually pretty decent. But they're also often problematic. But they did give me my favorite Jedi and the number five fictional character that I would like to meet. And Qui-Gon Jinn does not get the respect that I think he deserves. I, I love I love Qui-Gon. He is super awesome. I mean, he, yeah, of course, he didn't survive a lightsaber uh, going through his chest like everybody else does nowadays. But the dude was the dude was awesome. He, you know, it's because of him that we have Force Ghosts. Because he is the one who discovered that and studied it and then brought it back to Yoda. At least as long as the Clone Wars animated series is canon, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, He was brilliant and he also didn't... like He respected the rules, but he would also shirk them whenever uh, he knew what needed to be done needed to be done. And one of the most annoying characters in Star Wars, if not the most annoying, is Jar Jar Binks, uh, who's <laughs> secretly a Sith. But Qui-Gon was kind and patient, even with him. And that goes that goes so far with me. I mean, I liked him better than the Obi-Wan character in those first movies. Like, I mean... I, yeah, I was sad that he was cut short because I, I thought his character was more interesting. Real quick, spoiler alert. How excited were you uh, whenever he showed up at the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi? I, I may have squealed, but I was also expecting it because they were tele- telegraphing it from episode one. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. And I, I love Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah. Liam Neeson's awesome. See, my fictional character would have been the guy from Taken. That's who I'd want to meet. Because he has a specific <laughs> set of skills. No, you you don't want to meet him. If you meet him, you're doing something wrong. No, he's get on his good side. <laughs> All right. Um, my number five. A wise man once said, Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Uh, my number five is Master Yoda. Uh, so for some very similar reasons as you, it seems like a lot of the uh, the you know iconic Jedi Masters all have this wise or wisdom giving uh, aura about them, right? That's one of the things that that really makes Yoda really cool is that he has all of this knowledge to give. I mean, he's 900 years old and he was a Jedi Master for 800 years of that. So a lot of uh, knowledge about life and general, just general counsel if you needed it. If you uh, watch back whenever Luke first meets him in Empire Strikes Back, he's also super goofy. Like, I know part of it was was to throw Luke off a little bit, but he was like pretty creepy, but like in a, in a good way. And I think that would be really, really cool to to be able to hang out with him. And speaking of the prequels, I know that it was kind of a a big deal whenever he was cgi'd in the prequels but like watching yoda fight and just like spin through the air like fighting count dooku uh like 
that was awesome whenever I was a kid. Just like watching him fight and use the force to, you know, stop this crazy stuff from happening. Oh, man. I remember being in the theater watching that one on opening night. And that moment is one of the biggest cheers I have ever experienced mm-hmm. watching a movie. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. See, this is one I thought about. And I I really got to the point where I was like, I love Yoda. He's like one of my favorite characters. But he's also, the way he does to Luke, and you know, he's kind of irritating to him. It's mm-hmm. one of those don't meet your heroes things that I think that <laughs> it was in my brain that I couldn't put it on there because I was be like, stop talking riddles to me. Right. I mean, after Luke initially meets him and like Yoda's trying to throw him off a little bit by being even, you know, kookier than normal. But even afterwards, like whenever he calms down and like takes Luke on and everything, he's still goofy. And so, yeah. Yeah. We don't really get to see that side of Yoda in the prequels, which was kind of sad, but still. Yeah, that's a great choice. I just, uh, like I said, in my brain, I was scared. Yoda is one of those characters that I would love to know. I'm not so sure. So the way I am thinking about this whole meeting thing Mm -hmm. is it's a very short term. They're here. I get to meet them, talk to them real quick. I think Yoda would be really hard for me to understand. (laughs) You know, if if all I had was the length of just a dinner with him. But guess Uh, what? 10 years later, you would get what he was saying and you'd be like, oh my gosh, that is the most useful thing I've ever heard in my life. Even if I didn't understand it at the time. It would wake me up at three o'clock in the morning. And I wasted 10 years. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Number four. All right, old man. All right, well, I'm not going to say that I cheated on some of these, maybe. But my uh, number four is Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series. And mostly because he's pretty much Nathan Fillion. And I want to meet Nathan Fillion. (laughs) And so... (laughs) I love it. But yeah, just his sarcasm. His sarcasm (laughs) and his quirks and... Everything I, I still haven't even watched the movie because I <laughs> I was not happy that they didn't put him in that role, no matter what. I mean, they are the same person. But yeah, I, I think it would just be fun. That's good. As long as you don't have other Nathan Fillion uh, characters in there, I think you're good. <laughs> right. I think that one will count. <laughs> All right. My number four, he fell in it. The pit. You <laughs> fell in it. The pit. We all fell in it. The pit. How can you not love Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec? Oh my gosh. I want to be Lord Covington and just play with all the cool toys with Andy. (laughs) I think he would be a blast to just hang out with, meet and play. And the the dude is just, he is so lovable. He is so wholesome. And he is hilarious. I'm not saying that just because I want to meet Chris Pratt, but I would love to meet Chris Pratt. But Chris Pratt and Andy are not the same. <laughs> anyway, but and Andy is just... I i can't think of another character who is just more likable. Now, okay, he started off rough. The, the first season, Andy is kind of a, a tool bag. Um, first season, everybody almost on that show was completely different. They, they went through a lot of growth from season one. They did. 
you're 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 right season like i guess halfway through season two maybe on andy is is just incredible just a lovable goofball and i want to be in his band i think mouse rat is having auditions for for trombone you can call me count gold oh that's awful (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad all right uh so my number four comes in at nine feet tall kills men by the hundreds and if he were here He'd consume the English with fireballs and from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his daughters. And he's not fictional. No, listen, this is no, the I, it, William Wallace as depicted by Mel Gibson in Braveheart. <laughs> yes, William Wallace is a, you know, a real historical character. Some of the things in the movie were definitely fictionalized, though. And so he became a fictional character in that. Not not some of the things, most of the things. <laughs> Listen, you believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I just agreed with you. Most of the things were made up or are not historically accurate. It is an incredibly uh, historically inaccurate movie, but it is my favorite movie in the world, so I will allow this. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so... William Wallace, he will always have your back if you get in good with him. He is super loyal to his late wife, to his friends, to his country. He always has your back no matter what. He can also get you through any sticky trouble that you are in at the time. Like he would be able to motivate, like if I'm having dinner with him, I want to be motivated to do run through the wall next door because he could do that. He could talk and just get you to do anything that you needed to do. And he's fun. I mean, like at the beginning of the movie, whenever they're, they're doing the rock throwing, like that was uh-huh. hilarious. You want to see him crush me like a wadam? Right. When he just picked up the little rock and nailed him right between the eyes. Should I remember the rocks? <laughs> and Mel Gibson was just perfect as William Wallace. Number three. My number three is kind of like the Yoda one was, you know, wise, knows everything, but it's a Doctor Who. Like, I would love to meet the Doctor. The things he could tell you and the things he could show you. And if he could give me a ride in the TARDIS. I feel like this is cheating a little bit. Which which Doctor are you talking about? Well, specifically, it would be the David Tennant one because that's Mm -hmm. my favorite. But that's not cheating. I mean, he's, well, no, 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 he's no. not I'm real. Just, right. No, I'm, I'm just making sure that because, you know, he's he's pretty different in the, the different iterations of himself. He's different, but he's the same. So just, yeah, well, there, yes. there's, there would be many different ones that I wouldn't mind meeting. But my number one would be David Tennant because it's uh, I think it would just be a great time. I want to be a companion. Oh, yeah. All right. So my number three, like Yoda with all his wisdom and whatnot, is also the doctor. <laughs> which yes. should, shouldn't come as a, oh, as a, as a great big surprise. Uh, I am I am a Whovian. <laughs> and like the old man, my doctor is the 10th doctor. I love mm-hmm. David Tennant as the doctor. And the 10th the, the doctor is my favorite. He is so exuberant. And, and and kind of childlike in his excitement, but then whenever he turns on that righteous fury, it's kind of scary. Um, and he needs a companion to to kind of pull him back from those. 
but the emotions that David Tennant brings to the Doctor, the, the gamut that it runs is wide. Still one of one of the saddest moments if not the saddest moment in all of doctor who for me is his regeneration into the 11th doctor and before he regenerates he realizes it's about to happen and he says i don't want to go and that crushes me um when he loses rose he he projects himself into the dimension that she is is now in she asks him how he's doing it and he's using up the power from a dying supernova. He, so he's burning up a sun just to say goodbye. And just those moments that are just incredible. And all of the doctors have wonderful moments. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the old man, I, I love the 10th doctor. Solid, solid. All right. Well, I'm going to follow up and I'm going to say the 10th. Do- I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. That is not my number three. <laughs> no uh so this is my first entry that didn't have an on-screen death there were (laughs) there was an on-screen disappearance but uh not a death at least in this timeline there was not an on-screen death i know i just talked about cheating on the the previous one whenever whenever we're really on this and i'm not i'm i'm sorry guys but i choose troy and abed in the morning both of them nice both of them troy and abed Abed. I mean, they're just, it's one of the funniest bromances in like the history of television. It is so funny. Like those two specifically together, like both of them are very solid characters separate. I think Abed is a little bit stronger than Troy. Troy has definitely has his moments, but together they are just, I mean, it is so funny just watching them. And it would, I know it. And I would love to be on Troy and Abed in the morning. That would be so, <laughs> that'd be like one of my dreams. That would be awesome. It's like you playing in Mousetrap. Like this would be my version of that. Like <laughs> from, from them rapping in Spanish to like rapping with Betty White. Like it just, it hits all of the points for me for uh, a comedy. And so, yeah, Troy and Abed together is my number three if if we allow it right well is this so a voting thing I'm, like do you have to well, vote so, to be okay with that of course you don't have to vote <laughs> but i i'm actually i'm actually a little bit jealous because troy and or abed well not and or abed, troy or abed were on my short list mm-hmm. and troy troy was edging abed out and he almost made my number five but i just i just couldn't do it. but had i thought about putting them both together no uh-huh. question. Absolutely. I, w- I would say, you know, it was not allowed except for I have things coming up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, All right. All right. So we'll see. So I'm the only one who has not cheated. That's unlike you. Got to start sometime. Yeah. <laughs> number two. All right, old man. All right. Up. My number two is kind of one of those that I would really want to meet, but I really probably shouldn't meet because it would probably end badly. But it's always been one of the characters in literature that's always stuck with me and that I think would just be interesting to sit around a fire and talk. And it's uh, the Vampire Lestat. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm talking about the book version, not the Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise was a horrible Lestat. (laughs) But... Um, what about the the dude from Queen of the Damned? Uh, we don't really talk about him either. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't liked a movie version of Lestat, but 
the books and you know how everything he's gone through and the stories he'd have to tell and if louis would be there cream of the crop but he didn't have to be but uh yeah just one of my favorite characters in all of literature but like i said he's a vampire probably in bed but hopefully he'd bring me in the fold and not just kill me. That's actually a really cool one. Mm-hmm. My number two boldly goes where a bunch of other characters have gone before. And this is not just for Joshua Jackson, but Josh would be proud. Hey, Josh. Hi, Josh. Love Josh. <laughs> My number two is Jean-Luc Picard. And not just because I want to meet Patrick Stewart. You can't cross the streams. You can't have one from each series. I know it. I feel like I would be seduced by Jean-Luc Picard. Like that's that's pretty risky. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the episode. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like especially early on in the series, he was fairly womanizing. Was he? I don't. I don't remember. He was. That. I yeah. I've been watching through the first couple seasons, and I mean, he like there are some episodes centered around how womanizing he is, or at yes. least how smooth he is around women. No, he is. Smooth. Well, he's Jean Luc freaking Picard. <laughs> and yeah, old man, I can pick one from Star Wars and from Star Trek. It is okay. That's not a cheat like no. yours. Not a cheat. It's just ethically wrong. No, it's perfectly fine. But, but Picard is awesome. I don't. I don't recall any of his his womanizing or anything. He's just a really cool guy. And hold your tongue. Next time you're down <laughs> down here, uh, Josh is gonna slap you. Now I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm sorry that I threw you off. I will say, um, <laughs> I, now that I'm remembering a little bit more clearly, I think they were all flashbacks to previous times before he was captain of the Enterprise. And so maybe he grew and uh, realized, you know, he didn't need to do all that. Gotcha. Well, anyway, the, the dude was brilliant. The dude was kind. He was fiercely loyal and... He's got a French name, and he likes his Earl Grey hot. By far my favorite captain. Totally. Jean-Luc Picard, he's the man. Yep. Uh, my number two um, was pretty close to being my top character to meet, um, but even though he's number two, he's still pretty enchanting. Uh, it's Harry Potter. I mean... Of course. I know it. So... Harry Potter is one of my favorite series of all time. Like I've, I've read them since I was young. I got to read them as they were coming out throughout my uh, middle school and high school years. So I kind of grew with Harry and as the, the series got darker, I was getting older. And so it was just, I mean, it was just hitting all the, the perfect points for me. And Harry was my favorite character of the series, obviously with, I mean, the title character, but he grows throughout it. I think a lot of people overlook him whenever they're thinking about the characters that grow, like they see Ron or they see uh, Hermione grow or Ginny. But I think Harry grows a lot. Like throughout it all, he starts out kind of foolhardy and just, just kind of doing whatever and falling into stuff. And then he goes through some trauma with Cedric Diggory dying and he comes back a little bit angry, which makes perfect sense because he's just been through that serious trauma, right? And he comes back and even though he's still throwing himself into danger, now he's doing it more for a purpose. And so, yeah, there's not a good reason to for me to meet him other than he's like, that's just my favorite. So I don't I don't know how much he actually grew by the end of the, the seventh movie. He was still kind of short. I mean, Jenny was taller than him. Hey, listen here, you James. <laughs> 
I mean, who wouldn't want to play Quidditch and do spells and you'll get <laughs> you'll get your owl, you'll, you'll get your broom. As a as a Slytherin, I can't really endorse this, but yeah. you'll go to Hogwarts and you'll be pleased about it. Number one, the final round, which is my biggest cheat, because it's not one person, it's not two people, it's not three people, but it's the whole Scooby gang. <laughs> because I, I don't know, like oh, James knows, as I've grown up, I've just always loved the Scooby, and <laughs> I think to go on a mystery adventure with them would be a hoot. But you know, I'd want the cartoon version, not the not the live action. Only because you know that you're not gonna die because the dude mask is gonna come off. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it would be so much fun hanging and eating with Shaggy and Scoob because you know I like my food too, <laughs> and doing a mystery. But that's my big cheat because it's it's yeah quite a few people. Uh-huh. But it's the whole game. Right, so I like a good bookend. And so my number one is taken from a book and it is an incredible book. And he was portrayed in one of the mini films by Mr. Liam Neeson, just like my number five was. Uh, His name is also Jean, just like my number two was. And when Wolverine plays his role, makes me cry. Prisoner 24601, Jean Valjean (laughs) from Les Miserables. This is a man that just has the worst thrown at him. And he continues on and makes the best out of it. He was thrown in jail because he was trying to feed his sister and her child. He stole a loaf of bread and was put into prison for it. Then he tried to escape several years in and was given even more years for trying to run. Was finally free only to learn that being on parole is really not freedom. And so he took on a new persona as the mayor of a town. He adopted a young girl uh, whose mother was a prostitute that, or whose mother was a woman that worked in his factories that some stuff happened and she was let go, but not because of him. But then he felt really horrible about it as she was dying of tuberculosis. And so he adopted her daughter and raised her as his own. Then whenever she met and fell in love with a revolutionary, went and fought at the barricades just to try to protect this boy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going through the, the, the whole story. <laughs> I guess I should do that. The dude is just one of those people that you want to emulate, right? You want to be a good person like Jean Valjean. He, he was, he was a man of honor when Javert was chasing after him. He gave his word that he would return to him. Uh, if he let, if Javert would let Valjean saved Marius's life. And then he tried to return to him. He was just such a great, heartbreaking character. I would love to meet Valjean, break some bread with him, just talk to him, and just hear him sing. I I love the musical. It is my favorite musical ever. I fell in love with it during its 10-year anniversary run back in 1995 and haven't stopped these answers got really, really deep. I can't imagine anyone more opposing thought than Scooby and the gang, though. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> went very different directions, <laughs> but they, they both both great answers. Until you're uh, pretty passionate about that. I James. am. V- Victor Hugo <laughs> wrote a masterpiece when he wrote Les Miserables. But anyway, Jean Valjean. Oh, man. My uh, mother-in-law was watching it, the newer one. And she, we were like, hey, how'd you like it? And she's, it was good, but it had a lot of singing in it. <laughs> <laughs> we were like. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah, I, man. I actually, yeah. I, I like that movie okay. It's not my favorite version of it. I still love the concert recording at the Prince Albert Hall where Colm Wilkinson is playing the role of Valjean. He is incredible. Alfie Bowl plays... Alfie Bowl? I think that's his name. He plays a really great Valjean. And Liam Neeson was really great as Valjean in that movie version where Claire Danes was Cosette. And I had a crush on her at the time. Mm. I saw that one first and I didn't realize it was a musical. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Well, I mean... It was a book before it was a musical. Yeah, but like it, at least from the first time I had ever heard of it, it was a musical. And then I saw that movie and it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, this is not a musical. (laughs) All right, what's your number one, man? Well, this may come as a surprise to y'all, but I have chosen the 11th Doctor. So we all have the Doctor on our list. Oh, wait, no, Uh, you're serious? I am serious, yeah. (laughs) The 11th Doctor, Matt Smith. That was my doctor. The one of the very first episodes I saw was David Tennant going out and Matt Smith coming in. And I loved it. I loved the way he played it. I, I d- didn't have a big background of Doctor Who at all, but I loved his joy, his energy, his youthfulness. He didn't quite do the righteous fury like David Tennant did. His r- strength was kind of that youthfulness, that quirkiness that Matt Smith did just super well. David Tennant probably could have been my favorite had I seen him first, but I hadn't. So yeah, the 11th Doctor. Ultimately, I ended up deciding on him as number one because even if you're meeting him for a short time, it could it could be a long time, <laughs> That's right? True. He could drop you off <laughs> at the same moment that you left. And like Chris said, being a companion is like, that sounds like the dream. I mean, that would be so fun. That sounds like it would be so fun and so scary. Because I see what those companions yeah. have to put up with. Oh, Yeah. All right, that's that's a good choice. Another thing that kind of takes a, a tick off of David Tennant for me is I still, being a Harry Potter fan, will always remember him as <laughs> Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> like he'll always, like just a little bit, always be in my head that he was Barty Crouch Jr. I I guess that's fair. That was in the fourth one. That was Goblet of Fire, right? Yep. So that came out just. A year or two before he took over as the doctor. So, eh. well, and I didn't watch him at the beginning. I saw it later on, too. So it was even longer after. Well, James, we made it through our first set of lists. Did you have any honorable mentions? The people that almost made the list? I, I did have a few. I, I almost put Troy from, from Community, like I said, Fezzik and Inigo Montoya were both up there. Ooh, Hopper from Stranger yeah. Things. Aslan. Oh, that'd be cool. Toph from Avatar. Uh-huh. Aang is on mine. Yeah. I had some of the other classics like Luke Skywalker, 
Hermione Granger would be neat. Arthur Weasley would be neat. Arthur would be cool. Dandelion the Bard from the Witcher series. Dandelion would be would be pretty neat. He could definitely keep you entertained. He's a little bit different in the TV show. I think the TV show version or the Netflix version is a little bit less in my eyes, but definitely the book version. Well, we made it through our list. We uh, we survived your crap car. Hey, you know what? That, I'm telling you, it's going to be a thing one day. You just wait. All right. <laughs> hey, old man, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Well, everybody. Until next time. Wish you Until next time. That's right. Wish you what? What were you going to say, John? I said until next time. Well, you said we wish you a Merry Christmas. And a happy more than any year. year. I'm John. <laughs> I'm James. I'm John. I'm James. Are we saying it at the same time? I'm John. I'm James. I'm Jesse. I'm Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Joker.